Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for... Hot Copy! The vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she covers many events, which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories in the words of her adventurous profession, are always hot copy. Now, today's new and exciting episode, The Golden Slippers. Adapted from the original script as broadcast on radio, March 5th, 1944. No! No, no, no. I say I simply won't go on like this any longer. I'm absolutely sick and tired of this ridiculous situation. Making a fool of myself. Hearing people snicker behind my back because of you. I'm putting an end to it tomorrow morning. And it won't do you the slightest good to argue or coax or threaten. Because I... Wait a minute. What are you doing? No. No, please. I didn't mean it. Let's talk this over. We'll go on just as before. Please, put that... No. Don't hit me, darling. Yes? Who is it? Oh, but in the name of the... Oh, it's it's me, Miss Rogers. Me? Uh, who? Uh, oh! Just a minute, please. Why, hello, Sergeant Flanagan. Yes, ma'am. Sorry to wake you up at this time of the morning, Miss Rogers. Wait. What time is it? I was so sound asleep, I, uh... uh... But, come in. Don't just stand there, Sergeant. Please, come in. Thanks, ma'am. Like I was saying, sorry to wake you at four o'clock in the morning. Step right in here, Sergeant. This is my living room. Please sit down. Or maybe you'd rather not? I mean, there must be something urgent that brought you here. Mighty urgent, Miss Rogers. But I, I will sit down for a minute, if you don't mind. My feet are killing me. Of course. Just make yourself comfortable. Oh. Now, Flanagan, what brings you here? Well, ma'am, it's this way. Inspector Collins, he was called out of town on a case. Just before he left, he says, Flanagan, he says, if anything big should come up as far as homicide, I don't want you to forget Miss Rogers. She's been a good friend to us. 
Homicide? Yes, the inspector is mighty partial to you, Miss Rogers. He knows you got no interest in the punks and rats that gets bumped off, but he says to me, Sergeant, he says, if anybody that is anybody becomes a corpus delecti, I want you should get in touch with Miss Rogers. She can be mighty helpful at times. That's what the inspector said. I see. Of course, it ain't that he thinks the department needs help, you understand. It's just that... Of course, Sergeant. I quite understand. The inspector and I are old friends. He's very nice about giving me an inside track on hot news stories. I'm sure that was his only reason for... Well, now, I'm glad you see how it is. And it looks like we better get going. The boys from the crime lab is all over the scene of the crime, and that dumb cluck of a photographer... Say, you'd better get into your street clothes right quick, Miss Rogers. Er, wait a minute, Sergeant. Aren't you moving a little too fast? I don't believe you've told me yet the name of this important person who has been killed. Eh, didn't I? Well, it's Myrna Vincent. Myrna Vincent? Not Myrna Vincent Carson. That's the one. You know her. Well, not personally, but everyone knows who she is. Yep, she's society, all right. A society leader, Sergeant. She's the head of the Civic Theater League the founder of the Young Artists Guild, a woman who is famous for her gorgeous clothes, her beauty, sophisticated friends, clever conversation, and, oh yes, she was twice named one of the ten best-dressed women in America. That's her, all right. Well, I'm glad you know who she is. I was worried I'd have to waste precious time giving you all of them details. But who killed her, Sergeant? Who would want to? Now, Miss Rogers, if I knew that, would I have bothered waking you up to visit the scene of the crime with me? Oh, of course. I'm sorry. That was a stupid thing for me to ask. I meant to say, where was she killed? In her studio office, downtown in the, uh, uh... Yes, I know. The top floor of the Mainstead building. Now, who found her body? The night watchman, he noticed the lights was on and stopped by to investigate. Said over the phone, her head was bashed in like a... Yes? Now see here, Miss Rogers. My job is to ask questions, not answer them. Are you going to hurry and get dressed or what? Oh my, yes. Of course, Sergeant. Now just excuse me while I get changed. Be with you in a flash. Okay. Meanwhile, I'll sit down till you come out of your room. Me feet are killing me. That elevator boy said it was around this way somewhere. Yes, that's right. At the end of the corridor, around this corner. Hmm. The police don't seem to be the only ones here, Sergeant. No, indeed. Hmm. Now who... But, officer, you gotta let me in there. My own wife! I certainly have the right to... Take it easy, Ralph. Here comes a policeman right now. What's going on here? Officer, are you in charge? 
I'm Ralph Carson, Myrna's husband. I came down here as soon as I heard the the news. But this this policeman refuses to let me enter the studio. You mean Harris? That's right. I told him to keep everybody out till I got here. But I'm her husband. I got a right. Look, Mr. Carson, if this is really murder, like the watchman says, then nobody has got a right to do nothing till I've had a look-see. The officer's right, Ralph. Who are you? Beg pardon? Were you addressing me? I wasn't addressing an envelope. My name is Philip Darlington. I'm a friend of the Carsons. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, how did you happen to come down here? I didn't happen to come here, officer. I came with Ralph because he asked me to. You was together when he heard about it? We've been together all evening, haven't we, Ralph? Oh, oh, yes. We've been together the entire evening. Now, officer, I... Okay, okay, keep your shirt on. Open the door, Harris. <gasps> Good heavens. Myrna! Myrna! Wait a minute. Take it easy there. Now look, we're going inside, see, but nobody's to touch anything, understand? There's got to be pictures took and tests for fingerprints. Harris! You wait outside for the coroner. He's on his way. All right. Now, remember what I told you. Don't touch nothing. She's dead. Dead. Myrna. Buck up, old boy. They'll catch the one who did it. We'll be out of your way in a second, Sergeant. Wilson's got one more picture to take. Okay, Morgan. You and your crime lab boys turn up anything here? Not much. The room's in ship-shape order. No signs of violence. It's funny. Not much to work on, huh? That's what I mean. Everything's so perfect. The body's lying out there, just so. Not a wrinkle in the rug. Looks like there wasn't any struggle at all. Did you get that last shot, Wilson? Right, Sergeant. I'm all set. We'll get these prints out as soon as possible, Sarge. Let's go, boys. Not much need for a medical examination this time, Sergeant. That's the truth, ma'am. She's a dead duck, and there's no mistake about that. Too bad. Swell-looking dame, wasn't she? Yes, yes, she was indeed. But I wonder why. Hey, where are you going, Miss Rogers? Don't worry, Sergeant. I'm not going to touch anything. I just wanted to see her feet. They're partly under this desk. Feet? Yes. But why her feet? Hmm. I thought so. Come here, Sergeant. There. You see? See? See what? She's got shoes on. Yes, I know, but... Mr. Carson? Yes, Miss? Miss? Rogers. This is Anne Rogers. She writes that their newspaper column, Second Glance. I'm letting her see how we work cases like this. What was it you wanted, Miss Rogers? Just one question, if you don't mind. 
No, no, of course not. Anything at all. When was the last time you saw Mrs. Carson alive? Why, at, at breakfast this morning. I mean, yesterday morning, of course. You didn't have dinner together then? Or you didn't see her earlier tonight? No, I didn't. Now wait a minute, mister. Are you trying to make us believe that you didn't see your wife all day long? But it's true, officer. Mr. Carson, you mean she didn't come home again after leaving for the studio? To the best of my knowledge, no. Of course, it's possible she may have gone home sometime during the day when I wasn't there. We, we lived a very topsy-turvy life. I have my business. She had her many activities. Sometimes I didn't see her. I understand. Then perhaps you can tell me this. Was she dressed normally when you saw her at breakfast? Why, why, yes, exactly as she is now. A tailored blue business suit, white blouse, blue shoes. Yes, as I thought. That would be more in keeping with her reputation. Reputation? What do you mean, Miss Rogers? I mean that Myrna Vincent Carson was twice named amongst the ten best-dressed women in America. In life, she was the height of fashion. But I, I don't see what bearing that could have. Would she have been guilty of such a style faux pas? Such a blunder against good taste as that in which death has found her? Step over this way, please, gentlemen, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Can you see her shoes in the shadow of this desk? Yes, but I have no idea what you're driving at, Miss Rogers. I, I don't understand. Oh, my. I think I know. Those aren't a pair of blue shoes. Yes, kindly notice that she is indeed wearing that blue business suit and white blouse, but with them... She is wearing a pair of gold bedroom slippers. Okay, Miss Rogers, okay. So, she's wearing a pair of gold slippers. So what? Just what does that signify, if anything? Honestly, that's just what I'm trying to figure out. A business suit, worn with bedroom slippers? It couldn't be that there was blood on her shoes and someone had to get rid of them quickly. No, but it could mean exactly the opposite. What? That sometime during last night, she was wearing an evening gown to match them gold slippers. But when she was killed, the dress got blood on it and the murderer had to change her clothes. But, but officer, if she wasn't home to change... He didn't say she wasn't home all day. He just said he never seen her. She might have gone home, changed, gone out dancing with somebody. Dancing? Dancing. Yes, Mr. Carson? I... No, nothing really. Just a thought. Tell us. Everything is important. But... I don't want to implicate someone on a mere thought. 
You just do the talking, Mr. Carson, and if there's any implicating to do, I'll be the one to do it. Well, it's just that when my wife went dancing, it was frequently with a young protege of hers, a young artist. Uh-huh. Her protege, eh? Sergeant, a protege is just someone you're trying to help, usually along artistic lines. Huh? Yeah, well, anyhow. <clears throat> What's this here young artist's name? Andrew Gormley. Gormley, huh? How do you spell it? G-O-R-M-L-E-Y, Sergeant. Oh, you know him, too? No, but I've seen his work. As a matter of fact, I believe he's holding a one-man exhibition right now at the Young Artists Gallery. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately? You've seen his crazy paintings, I suppose? Well, yes. Then you know what I mean by unfortunately. <laughs> yes, I think I see what you mean. He's got a good sense for color, but his ideas of line and proportion... Like a madman's nightmare. The sort of thing you can hold upside down or downside up and never know the difference. And the worst of it, he made my wife a laughing stock all over town. She backed him financially and with her contacts. And now he made her look like a fool by exhibiting a bunch of insane canvases. Mr. Carson, let me ask something. You say your wife was supporting this here crackpot's painting. What would have happened if she withdrew her support? <laughs> the same thing that happened to Judith Marlowe, I presume. The actress? The one-time actress. What happened to her? Well, she once enjoyed the privilege of being one of Myrna Vincent's protégés, too, but she offended her patroness, with the result that she is now not only temporarily, but permanently, <clears throat> between shows. You mean Mrs. Carson spiked her guns? Precisely. Mrs. Carson has, or had, a lot of influence in the artistic world. A good word from her would bring fame. But a nod of disapproval meant oblivion. What's this Marlowe dame living on now? I believe she dabbles in interior decorating or some such thing. However, that's her spare time hobby. Her life's work seems to be dedicated to revenge. Revenge? Against Mrs. Carson? Exactly. She's quick-witted and has a sharp tongue. She's made a few comments in public places and uh, wrote a few verses, which I'm sure must have made Myrna squirm. <laughs> you seem to know quite a bit about Myrna's acquaintances, Mr. Darlington. Yes, I suppose so. But doesn't everyone have a hobby? I have two. I collect stamps, and I collect personalities. <laughs> you might call me a philosopher. I sit and I toy uh, with my little scraps of paper and my scraps of information and watch others act the fool. Then it's beginning to make sense. If she went dancing with this Gormley guy, but they end up having some kind of red-hot argument, he loses his temper and kills her, getting blood on her dress. 
Yes, by golly. Sergeant, what are you going to do? Do? I'm not gonna do. I'm doing it. I'm calling headquarters to tell him to pick up Andrew Gormley on suspicion of murder. We'll return to our intriguing story in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. The year is 2198. Deep in the Oort cloud, 18,000 astronomical units from Earth and counting, is the formerly main-belt asteroid 253 Matilda. Inside of this asteroid, the crew of Earth's first interstellar mission, underway for 92 years, with another 688 years to go. A power outage has occurred. Please keep calm. Wait a minute. Nobody's been out there in ages. 33 years. You're not taking my sister. The infinite universe of stars above their heads and the dirt beneath their feet. We have to do what we can to survive out here in interstellar space. 253 Matilda. Listen now at quietpleaseorg slash 253. And now, back to Hot Copy. The wealthy and famous Myrna Vincent Carson has been found dead in her studio office. An artist who was her protege has been charged with her murder. But Anne Rogers is unsatisfied with this solution and still ponders the problem of... The Corpse with the Golden Slippers. Now, you say you're a stamp collector, Mr. Darlington? Yes, that's right, Miss Rogers. Why? Are, are you interested? Well, no. I'm afraid not. I have a stamp collection that I started back when I was a kid. I worked on it off and on after that, but I haven't touched it for years. Really? I'd like to have a look at it sometime. Oh, I'm sure there's nothing worth looking at. It's just a hodgepodge accumulation. Well, you never know. There might be just one stamp worth quite a bit of money. Such finds are made from time to time, you know. I gather your collection is quite large? Oh, yes, quite. I have albums full of varieties— Various types of paper, perforations, shades, and tints, you know. How interesting. By the way, was Mrs. Carson a stamp collector? Why, yes. Didn't you know she had one of the finest collections of British colonial stamps in this country? Including many expensive items? Great Scott, yes. Some of them are worth as much as several hundred dollars apiece. But, why do you ask, Miss Rogers? Oh, no reason, really. Just curious. I mean, it's been my experience, in a case like this, it sometimes helps to understand the type of person involved. But Sergeant Flanagan seems certain that Andrew Gormley is the man he wants. Yes, I know, but... So, what are you two standing here in the corner cabin about? Hope you ain't developing some new theories, Miss Rogers. Oh, of course not, Sergeant. 
I'm merely observing your masterful handling of the case. Well, now, it's nice of you to say that. That'll be headquarters, Colin. Flanagan speaking. Here. You picked him up at his apartment. How's that again? Oh, she was, was she? Well, now, that's interesting. Very interesting. Well, hold them both there. We'll come right down. What? What? The coroner? Yeah, he's been here and gone a half hour ago. Okay. Well, Sergeant? I guess that proves something, eh? An artist that was dependent on your wife, Mr. Carson, and a woman who hated her, plotting together at this time of the morning. It it certainly looks suspicious, doesn't it? So, what are you going to do, Sergeant? We're going down to headquarters, all of us, Miss Rogers. Yes? We'll go in my car. You remember where I parked it? Yes, of course. It's the blue sedan at the entrance. That's right. You take these two gentlemen down. I've got to see the night watchman to tell him to lock this place up. I'll be right down to join you. This must be a frightful ordeal for you, Mr. Carson. I can't begin to tell you how sorry I am. Thanks, Miss Rogers. I, I appreciate your kindness, and I I don't mind the discomfort. It's the last thing I can do for, for Myrna. Help bring her murderer to justice, if I am of any help. She was a wonderful woman, your wife. So gracious, so talented. Yes, it was a privilege to have been the husband of Myrna Vincent. Even though it ended like this. She was a great woman, Miss Rogers. Truly great. I was proud to be seen with her in public places. To have people point us out and look at us. Yes, I know. Oh my! It's morning. Here, this way, Miss Rogers. I'll open the door. Oh, thanks. Go ahead, Philip. After you, Ralph. Now, where did he say that car was? Oh, here we are. No, Mr. Carson, that's a taxi. <laughs> of course. I don't know what I was thinking. But he did say the car was at the entrance. Yes, but it's this one over here, this blue sedan. And here comes Sergeant Flanagan. I guess it didn't take him as long as he thought it would. Ready, Sergeant? Okay, Mr. Rogers, off we go to solve this case in record time. This accusation is utterly insane. I didn't kill Myrna Vincent. I haven't even laid eyes on the woman since... Since... Yeah, Garmley? Since when? Yeah, well, since seven o'clock last night. 
I see. Seven o'clock, eh? And where did you see her at seven o'clock? At the Club Metropolitan Grill. We ate dinner there. And danced a little, maybe. Yes, we danced. What of it? Nothing. Except, what did you do with the dress? Dress? What dress? Officer, what are you talking about? Pipe down, Miss Marlowe. I'll get to you later. Garmley, I'm talking about the gold evening gown Mrs. Carson was wearing when you killed her. The one that got blood all over it, so you had to change her clothes. <laughs> you must be crazy. Oh, crazy, is it? Well, now see here, young fella. Uh, Sergeant, I'd like to ask Mr. Gormley something. What sort of dress was Mrs. Carson wearing when you dined with her? I... I don't know. Um, something blue. I see. And what sort of shoes? I don't believe I noticed. That ain't significant. Oh, but it is, Sergeant. It's extremely significant. Mr. Gormley is an artist. If Mrs. Carson had been wearing those gold slippers at dinner, he certainly would have noticed them. The mere fact that he did not clearly implies she was actually dressed in those matching blue shoes of which Mr. Carson told us. He's just lying to save his skin. No, I think not. But I think he is telling the absolute truth when he says he didn't see Mrs. Carson again after their dinner date. What? Now see here, Miss Rogers. I told you to not butt into this affair, and besides, it's as plain as the nose on your face. Why, him and that woman was conspiring together about it when we nabbed them. Conspiring? You... you idiot! Sergeant, I'm afraid your powers of observation are all they should be. Miss Marlowe, I mean, Mrs. Gormley, would you mind showing the sergeant the ring on your finger? Of course not. Ring on... Mrs. Gormley? Yes. You see, Sergeant, they weren't conspiring. They were honeymooning. I may be wrong, but my guess is that these two young people were married today, and that Andrew Gormley told Mrs. Carson of his marriage at dinner tonight. Am I right? Yes, that's that's right, Miss Rogers. And she was furious, no doubt? Yes, she hated Judith. She threatened to withdraw her support unless I... I see. And then what? Well, I don't know. She left in a huff. Did she say where she was going? No. Wait a minute. Yes! Before we had our little disagreement, she had said something about attending a stamp auction later in the evening, uh, somewhere downtown. Stamp auction? Yes. Now we're getting somewhere. So she went to a stamp auction, and while there, she met her old friend. No, it's a lie. I never laid eyes on her. I already told you I was with Ralph Carson the entire evening. Yes, that's what you told us. But is it the truth? Well, Mr. Carson? Well, well, I... Ralph, for heaven's sake, man. I... I'm sorry, Philip. But, but... Don't sell me out like this. Go on, Mr. Carson. Then he wasn't with you all evening? I... 
I won't get in trouble about this, I hope. I wasn't trying to interfere with the law. No, you won't get into trouble, if you talk. Speak up, man. Well, then, no. Philip wasn't with me all evening. I didn't see him until a little after two o'clock in the morning. I, I... Yes? Then what? Well, Philip came to the house. He knew I often sat up late and dropped by for a drink. We were chatting when the call came from the police, notifying us of Myrna's murder. Philip was frightened. He told me he had been with her for several hours at the stamp auction, and afterward... But I didn't do it. I swear I didn't. Be quiet, you. Go on, Mr. Carson. No, that's it. I believe Philip. He's an old friend. He begged me to say we'd been together all evening, just to free him of suspicion until the real murderer was caught. And I agreed. You. You Judas. That'll do. Here, stick your hands out. I'm sorry, Philip. We've been friends a long time. I was willing to give you the alibi you wanted until... As long as it was a protection for you, eh, Mr. Carson? What? What's that? Sergeant Flanagan, if I might make a suggestion, I think you'd better concentrate your attention on Mr. Carson rather than on his, um, old friend. I don't understand. What do you mean? I mean, Mr. Carson, that for some time I've been reasonably certain you murdered your own wife. But there was one thing I couldn't figure out. Why would Philip Darlington, who had nothing to gain, financially or otherwise, be willing to provide you with a perfect alibi? What? You're trying to say I killed... Yes. Fortunately, you were so anxious to pin this crime on someone else, anyone else, that you betrayed your pact with Philip Darlington. But what you overlooked was that in doing so, you destroyed your own alibi. All right. Stand still, Carson. There. That's better. No, Miss Rogers, you were saying? Myrna Carson came home last night, after the dinner and the stamp auction. It was at home that her husband killed her. But why? Why would I kill my wife? Because, Carson, you hated her. Hated her? For what reason? You were jealous of her popularity, her eminence. The fact that she was a somebody and that you were a non-entity. A man who was known in public places not as Mr. Carson, but as Myrna Vincent's husband. That's... that's ridiculous! Keep still, Carson. Let the little lady continue. Oh, you pretended to like it, but it rankled within you. I sensed it when you were talking to me. She supported him, too! He would have inherited her money. But how do you know she was killed at home, Miss Rogers? You should know the answer to that, Sergeant. You gave me the clue. Me? I did? Yes, your complaint. Me feet is killing me. And what's the first thing you're going to do when you go home? Why take off me shoes and put on a pair of bedroom slippers. Yes, and that's exactly what Myrna Vincent did. Then, she and her husband got into an argument that ended in her murder. You're crazy. You can't prove a thing. Shut up, Carson. Go on, Miss Rogers. 
Afterward, to divert suspicion, he carried her body to her studio downtown, but he realized she needed to have shoes on, not bedroom slippers, so he placed a pair on her feet. The golden slippers. But why gold ones? Because he didn't know the difference. He took them from the closet since they seemed to match her dress. Oh, don't you know? Ralph Carson is colorblind. <gasps> no! Uh, wh what? That explains so much. Actually, I can't believe I didn't notice this before. Say it's preservus. Colorblind is. Yes, blue-gold colorblind. It's much less common than the red-green type, but still common enough. I knew it must be that when I discovered the golden slippers on the feet of one of America's best-dressed women, and Ralph Carson was the only possible suspect. The only one? How do you figure that? Elementary, my dear Flanagan. Andrew Gormley is an artist. Judith Marlowe is an interior decorator. And Philip Darlington collects postage stamps. That left only one man. The one who, on the way down here, when he was told to go to the blue sedan at the curb, walked straight for the bright yellow taxi in front of the building. And now, if you don't mind, Sergeant, I think I'll be getting back to my own apartment. It's been a long, hard night. And besides... Yeah, Miss Rogers? Besides, my feet are killing me. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of The Golden Slippers, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on March 5th, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Anne Rogers, Jerry Kokich as Sergeant Mike Flanagan, Frank Guglielmelli as Ralph Carson, Albert Garnica as Philip Darlington, Scott Barry as Andrew Gormley, Kathleen Lee as Judith Marlowe Gormley, Samantha Thompson as Myrna Vincent Carson, David Robbins as Dr. Morgan of the Police Crime Lab, Glenn Haskell as the Crime Scene Photographer, and, finally, yours truly, Logan Smith, as your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then... Give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow this show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater. <laughs>